Buckle up, fucklehead. It's the Boris Jerk Podcast. If I had the first pick in this draft, if I were running the San Antonio Spurs, I would trade Victor Wemanyama. I'd trade that first pick because I just think the value right now on the number one pick in 2023 is completely irrational. So before Max and I get into our own pickup draft, where we're going to go back and forth selecting guys from this draft class and build 15 player teams that we can only dream of. I'm going to shoot a segment at Max that he just found out about a second ago called, Would You Trade Wemby for This? Yes. Keep in mind, I'm someone who loves Victor Wembanyama, thinks he is indeed a, you know, S-tier, all-time, number one overall pick. Drew's a little more skeptical. I have Wembanyama and Scoot in my top tier of this. On my board, I call it Hall of Fame if healthy. So I totally buy into Wemby as like a transcendent talent. I think like when you combine the possibility that his body breaks down, that he doesn't handle the fame too well because I'm, I don't know. I just, I just watched Wembenyama eat dinner with a famous reporter with rose colored glasses on talk talk about why he doesn't need to bulk up. Everyone else needs to skinny up. And so That's how this segment was born. Okay. Would you trade Victor Wembanyama for Luka Doncic? Uh, I would take Luka. Would you trade Victor Wembanyama for SGA and picks? Or let's start with SGA because really that's what the deal would be. I would rather have Wembanyama than SGA. Would you trade Vic for Shaden Sharp 3 and a couple other firsts? Am I guaranteed to get Scoot Henderson at three, or is there a possibility I end up with Brandon Miller? You might end up with Brandon Miller, but Woj put himself out there and said the Charlotte is leaning toward Brandon Miller. So Scoot Henderson, let's say Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, and then like the full boat of firsts and swaps. Yes. I would consider doing that. Yes. Because I do think Scoot is a number one worthy prospect in most drafts. Like he would have gone number one last year. He would have gone number one the year before basically every year going back to Zion, he probably would have gone number one. Yeah. And even then he would have had a shot because he's like a more polished John Morant. Um, so if you're getting him Shaden, who's got star upside and then some picks from a team that's probably still going to be a lottery team for the first year or two of Vic's career. Right. I think I would do that just based on the number of bites at the apple you're getting. But it would be it would be heart-wrenching, but I would do it. I still wish the Blazers took Jeremy Sohan, but Shaden's going to be really good. And even if three is Brennan Miller, it's a really valuable pick. Uh, yeah. And obviously the, the Blazers have other stuff they would attach if Wemby were in the cards. All right, would you trade Wemby for Paolo Bancaro? I'd rather have Wemby. Would you trade Wemby for Garland and... Evan Mobley. Oof. Uh, That's a a young core, honestly. (laughs) That is really tough. Uh, Milo on Evan Mobley. He looked a little young, a little green in this recent playoff round. He did. I think it would take another pick or two, but that one I would have a long call with my full front office team. Would you trade Wemby for Ingram and... 
New Orleans bevy of picks. No, I wouldn't. I I think I agree with you on that one. But Ingram is a guy who could like go from star to superstar. His yeah, his, his growth trajectory is not complete. Uh, yeah. but but I hear you. Brunson and every pick the New York Knicks have left. No, the, <laughs> the Spurs would not take that trade. Yeah, the, the Spurs would hang up. But that's why I think this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, McCall Bridges and a million picks. Also, no. no. Yeah, because no. McCall is not as good as Brunson today. You need someone who has a shot. You need some asset coming out of that who has a shot to be a first or second team All-NBA player. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's why the Ben Carroll one made you think for like a millisecond. Because we've yeah. already, we've already seen him show like future all-star trades. Uh yeah. would you trade him? Would you trade Wemby for Jason Tatum? Hmm. That's really tough because Tatum is right on the edge. He's like the the wor- the best person who's not good enough to be the best player on a championship team in the NBA, I think. Um and I don't know how much better he can get, but it is a guaranteed, you know, top 10 player. Um, oof. I might need just a little, little sprinkles on top of Tatum, but a guaranteed top 10 player is tough to pass up. Yeah. that That's pretty even value, I'd say. I would trade Wemby for Luca. I would trade Wemby for SGA. I trade Shaden Sharp. I trade him for Shaden and three. I trade him for Paolo. I trade him for Garland and Mobley, and I trade him for Tatum. But I agree with you on Brunson, Bridges, and the Pelicans package. Yeah. Would you trade Wemby for Jalen Williams and Poku? Uh, I trade him for Jalen Williams and EJ Liddell if we could make it a three teamer. Okay. And with that, let's get into our 2023 draft fantasy draft. Yes. Uh, I told Max he has to pick first because I refuse to take Wembenyama, but that's the only way any mock draft can begin this cycle. Let's keep a tight 90 second shot clock, go back and forth. The floor is yours. All right. Yeah. So we're drafting full 15 player teams. So by the end of this, we'll have a first round, but the idea is to draft an actually cohesive team. And my first pick, I'm taking Wembenyama. I think he has the same trade value as Jason Tatum. So that's all kind of all you need to know because he hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. Uh, you've heard everything there is to hear about Wembenyama. He's going first. I'm taking Scoot. He is the traditional super athlete guard that I grew up idolizing. He's Russ. He's Derek. He is John Wall. He has pieces of all of these guys. And I I think he has a stronger upper body than any of those guys. Like he truly has a Russ sort of like one in a million physique. The hype around Scoot has dwindled just a little bit, but I'm still all in. And I think he's a franchise point guard. And I haven't felt this good about a point guard prospect since John Morant. Yeah. Um, for people like nitpicking his jumper in the lineage of super athlete point guard prospects, whether it's Russ, John Morant, Darius Garland, uh, Derek Rose, John Wall, his athleticism is close to on par with any of those guys. Uh, and I think his jumper is way ahead of where any of them were at his age. 
I think his he's got a chance to be a really good mid-range shooter, and I could see the yeah. three following as well. So, yeah. Uh, with my second pick, I will take Brandon Miller. Um, he's just got all the tools you'd want from a forward. Shooting, competitiveness, uh, length, size, defense. Uh, he's got pretty much the same measurables as like a Paul George uh, and a lot of the same fluid athleticism, though less of the sort of top end vertical pop. But I just think with his package of tools and size shooting handle for his size as well, um, I think he's got a pretty high floor. So that's who I'm taking with my second pick. Okay, with my second pick, I'm going to take the only guard prospect in this draft who put more pressure on the rim than Scoot Henderson. And that is Anthony Black. I have Anthony Black at four. He's been switching between three and four for weeks now because I think he's such a more reliable person than Brandon Miller. And like, I love the intangibles so much, but Brandon Miller is just uh, so much more projectable as like a prototype wing scorer in the league. Uh, Anthony Black, I think, is one of the best help defenders in the league, one of the best on-ball, I mean, sorry, one of the best help defenders in the draft, one of the best on-ball defenders in the draft. I think that he is going to be an elite processor in time. He already has incredible feel. I I love the way that he just will show, like, show on a cutter to help give his teammate a second to catch up to his man, just like small things that 19-year-olds shouldn't be doing already. And I think he's he's like an incredible leader. And I just pray that the three-point shot comes because he has almost everything else you could possibly have. And I think he's a bouncier Derek White. And a bouncier Derek White would probably be an all-star. Yeah. Um, curious to see how the rest of your team evolves around Anthony <laughs> Black and, and Scoot Henderson. But you're going to yeah. be all-time competitors, I'll tell you that. Hey, we'll mix in a stretch five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to take the other guard prospect who puts a lot of pressure on the rim uh, in Amen Thompson. Um, he is 6'7", 200 pounds, going to be one of the best athletes in the NBA as soon as he steps onto a court. Um, his question marks are around his shooting, but with my existing team structure of Brandon Miller and Wembanyama, who are both good shooters for their positions, I think his blend of playmaking athleticism size for his position makes him a really intriguing prospect and if you have an infrastructure around him where the shooting piece doesn't matter as much i think he can be a really valuable nba player and if the shooting even gets to just a semi-respectable level he's got star all-star potential um i sort of look at him as similar to a young andre iguodala i think that he has some similarities there um there's some risk with him too. Like he could have some justice Winslow in him, but for the team I have, I like the upside pick there. He's going to play point for me. I did my Thompson brothers rant last episode. So I'll spare everyone with my third pick screw size. I'm taking another guard that I love Kobe Bufkin of Michigan. Uh, I have him at number six on my board. So I'm happy to get him here. He's shown me pieces of Goran Dragic. He's shown me pieces of Manu Ginobili. He does not have Ginobili's visionary passing, but I think he has a lot of Ginobili's craft as a scorer. 
Uh, I hate to just name drop great lefties, but though it's it's hard not to when you watch like a really crafty lefty like like Bufkin. Um, and Bufkin has sneaky wing length. I, he doesn't have the the strength to to play NBA wing. I don't think. I really think he's going to be a one slash two. Uh, Bufkin made thirty six percent of his threes this year. Seventy percent of them were assisted, and I really like. I just like his catch and shoot mechanics. I I buy it. So I think he's going to help us space the floor. And okay. he and the last thing I'll say about Bufkin is that he is the same age as Brandon Miller. He's the same age as a lot of freshmen we're looking at. He barely played as a as a freshman. Um, so he was a, basically a rookie sophomore this year for Michigan. And when they handed them the keys to the offense in the middle of the season, he went bonkers. 70% at the rim, 72% finisher. That We could look back in five years and say Kobe Bufkin is the best three-level scorer from this draft. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of holes in this game. Um, let's see. All right. You're not leaving many guards for me. I have a feeling you made that pick because you know, I'm not very high on Cam Whitmore. Um, so on this next pick, I'm kind of deciding between Cam Whitmore and Asar Thompson. Uh, it is appealing to have Ahmed and Asar on the same team, Mm -hmm. but there are also question marks about Asar's shooting. I don't know if having both him and Ahmed might lead to some spacing concerns. So... For that reason, I'm going to take Cam Whitmore to be my other forward. Yeah, because man. I think, I think I don't need him to dribble. I just need him to basically do his best OG Ananobi impersonation, which I think he can do. I think he can be a catch up, uh, catch and shoot three point threat, good defender, and give some beef to this team where Wembenyama, Brandon Miller, and Amen Thompson are a little on the skinny side. So, I think he fits well with what I have. And I don't like having Asar and Amen together because of the shooting concerns. I'm such an idiot. I literally have your board in front of me, and I <laughs> and I forgot to look at your tears. Uh, but this is fun. Like I don't know. Maybe I need to rethink my Cam and my Whitmore and Buffkin placements on my board because I was more excited to take Kobe Buffkin. Uh, great pick for you. Great value. I think. Okay, with my fourth pick, I'm gonna take. Taylor Hendricks, because we got to start mixing in some size. I I, I feel like I skipped a couple spots on my board to get to him, uh, but I think it's worth it. Uh, Taylor Hendricks is a, a really great rim protector for a guy who's 6'10 and shoots well enough and moves laterally well enough that I really think he can play the NBA three in a lot of situations. But I kind of fantasize about Taylor Hendricks putting on some weight in the NBA and and playing a lot of five. I, I was going to say small ball five, but he has the size of like most NBA fives because he's really long, 6'10", and he just has great uh, help instincts and did a lot of, covered up for a lot of teammates' mistakes at UCF as a freshman. Um, and I just really buy the shooting. He can't dribble right now. His tape looks kind of similar to what Jabari Smith showed last year at Auburn. Uh, and I And I think Jabari Smith has a great future in the league. Taylor Hendricks is a guy who is a super reliable top 10 option here. I think his ceiling is a little bit lower than guys will be picked in the same range. Um, but I know what I'm getting and <laughs> this team needs to space the floor a little bit better. Yeah. Taylor Hendricks, uh, it seems like is similar. It's kind of very miles Turnery in that, not in the way he plays, but his combination of three point shooting and sort of 
defense and secondary rim protection yeah. is just two very coveted skill sets to have in the same player. And even if his ceiling isn't that high, he's going to stick around the NBA a while just because people are always looking for guys who can do both of those things. Um, yeah. And he, all right. he's going to guard at least four positions in the NBA, uh, yeah. which is, you know, but that I, he's definitely, he definitely has. And, and the, the, the big, the small ball five potential for him is I think like what his biggest source of upside as well. Yeah. Very fair. Okay, well, I was deciding between Asar and Cam in my last pick, and Asar is still there. And despite the fact that he doesn't really fit with my team, I'm a big believer in taking the best player available. I have him fifth on my board, so I will take Asar Thompson, who has a very similar athletic profile to his twin brother, obviously, um, with explosive fluid athleticism. He's great in transition and finishing, has a little bit more of a projectable shot than his brother does. There's there's no real like disastrous hitch in it like his brother can sometimes have, but less of the sort of on the ball playmaking uh, handling component that Amen has. So I see him more as the supporting player, kind of an Andrew Wiggins type uh, if, if the shot comes around. So he'll probably come off the bench for me. I don't really want to have that many forwards out there. I'm not the, uh, you know, Boston Celtics out here. Yeah. But oops. But I've got him on the bench. I am going to draft my third guard and add some shooting. Uh, I, I mean, I'm drafting my fourth guard, but I, I imagine him kind of as the, the third guard, sixth man of the year candidate. And that is Cason Wallace out of Kentucky. I probably don't even need to take him here because you have you're in no rush to take this guy but i love casein wallace uh i i think he's one of the last guys you want guarding you full court if drew holiday is in this draft i really believe that it is casein wallace but drew holiday is not in most drafts so maybe that's a ridiculous thing to say he just has some drewy uh traits and something that's interesting to me about casein is that at the rim this year only 9% of his shots were assisted. So like, I think he's an underrated walking paint touch. Like he created a lot of opportunities for himself at the rim. Um, in the mid range, only 9% of his buckets were assisted as well. Um, and then from three, 82% of his shots were assisted. So right now as a three point shooter, he's really mostly a spot up guy. And I like that because he's going to be a role player on my team. And I really like the idea that I'm surrounding a, a, a three and D point guard with a lot of guys who have uh, more offensive creation, creativity. So yeah, case and welcome to the squad. All right. So I've got a glaring hole at shooting guard in my starting lineup. Cause I've got Amen, Cam Whitmore, Brandon Miller, and Wembanyama. All those guys have shooting upside, but none of them are, you know, pure snipers. And I think, their length will be able to to cover for any of this guy's deficiencies on defense, though he's, you know, competes at least. So I'm going to go ahead and take Grady Dick to be my shooting guard, fill out my starting lineup. Elite shooter. Also, speak, speaking of shooting, the, I just wanted to add one thing about Kaysen, which is that he was one of two guys on his Kentucky team this year that made more than one three a game. And so I think that there's offensive upside for Kaysen that, that is hard for us to even imagine right now um, because of the way NBA spacing will unlock his game. All right. Yeah. You took Grady Dick. 
with my sixth pick, I'm taking the guy that you don't want me to take. And his name is CD Suzuko. Oh. Uh, of the G League Ignite. Uh, we've we've talked a ton about CD, but he's a freight train in transition. He's got some real passing juice. I think his shot is coming along. I like what I've seen the last couple of weeks on YouTube. Like he's just, he's gone to workouts and I think impressed with his shooting. He shot well at the combine. I like that he had the balls to step up and shoot it all at the combine because I think a lot of guys with shooting questions would say, eh, like I already have first round buzz. I don't want to risk it. Um, but he's been participating in pre-draft events to the max and just trying to up his value in the eyes of teams. I love CD Sizoko. I love that he was, one of the leaders in dunks in the G League as an 18-year-old. I think he's an underratedly special athlete. Uh, yeah, and I'm super excited to to have his energy off the bench. Bummed about that one. I just, uh, I was watching Leonard Miller to to scout on him, and I was getting a little bit sort of a refresh on CD since he was one of the first guys that I yeah. evaluated. And there's a lot of guys who, when I first evaluated, I like liked them. And then when I came back and reviewed them, it, it dampened my opinion. And I was scared he was going to be one of them. But then just saw a sequence in a game where he like hit three backdoor cutters back to back, hit a spot up three, got a block at the rim, offensive board put back. And I was like, yep, this is the guy that I saw. He just makes stuff happen. He's a great passer, great energy. Yeah, and I like his like his prospects as a defender. And good luck. Good luck trying to move him in the in the paint. Yeah, he's, he's 19 years old. He just turned 19 and he's already huge. So uh, if anything, actually, I, I worry that he'll that he might put on too much weight as he gets older, uh, that he hits the deck too many times. He's he plays with a real sense of violence and uh, another guy, elite rim pressure. Um, so, yeah, I think I think his ceiling's so high. All right. You let's hear it. Yep. Uh, so we're at the equivalent of the 13th pick in the draft. And I've going with my best player available mentality. My team could use a little extra ball handling someone to run the second unit. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jalen hood Shafino uh, to be my six man backup point guard. I think we've talked about him a lot on previous episodes. Uh, my opinion has somewhat dampened on him since I had him at fourth on my board initially. Now he's down to eighth uh, and out of those first few tiers, but I still think for his size at 6'5", 6'6", he's a high-level passer, good ball handler for his size, and I think will be a solid enough defender. The things that worry me are he does most of his scoring from the mid-range on tough jumpers, a little Johnny Davis-esque from last year. Uh, so there's a little bit worry that if his scoring is so tough in college, how will it be in the NBA? Uh, I do think his three-point shot is going to be workable in the NBA, and I think when he has more space and is free from his college system in his spread pick and roll, uh, he'll be more effective. With the 14th pick in the draft, I will be taking Kobe Brown out of Missouri. Damn, Damn it. <laughs> uh, We've been calling guys baby Draymond for too many years and the movement needs to stop. But this year's baby Draymond is Kobe Brown. And I just said, if Drew's in this draft, I think it's Kaysen. If Draymond is in this draft, it's Kobe Brown. Uh, and I, I I know how much of a clown I sound like saying that. But Kobe Brown has an incredibly high level of feel. Uh, just can you can really trust him at the top of the key on the short roll. Like this guy can make decisions. He processes the game like a guard. Uh, 
He rebounds well. He figured out his three-point shot after being in the 20s his whole college career. As a senior this year, he shot like 45% from three, just shot the lights out on decent volume. Uh, He just fixed this hitch he had with his elbow, so it seems like sustainable growth. And by all accounts, he's just like a truly elite human being, uh, super mature. I think he'll be ready to produce. I think he's a candidate to like play in the playoffs next year if he ends up on a really good team. Uh, that's how much I trust his maturity as a player. Uh, and I think we're going to play a lot of small ball five with Kobe. Um, and also a guy that you can cross match if you have uh, a really skinny five. Yeah. I recently discovered Kobe Brown this week when I did my scout on him. I think, uh, you know, we don't want to compare guys who are going in the teens to guys who will be Hall of Famers like Draymond Green, but there are some similarities there. But on a more realistic level, in terms of like, you know, 25% to 75% outcomes, I see a lot of Xavier Tillman as just like a smart, solid guy uh, who is sort of positionally good on defense and on offense is smart, can hit the occasional three and pass it well. There's some Grant Williams if some of the ball handling yeah. stuff doesn't doesn't translate as well. Uh, and of course, Boris Diaw, which anytime someone gets comp to Boris Diaw on this podcast, uh, take a shot. But I want yeah. Kobe because my team could use some some girth. Yeah, and he's not going to be Draymond, but the way that everything flowed through him for Missouri was very Draymond at Michigan State-esque. Point, he was a point forward in college. I think that when you scale that down, it's still really nice to have a high-level processor. Um, and like you said, the floor is really high. There are some Grant williams outcomes for him as well. And Grant Williams was a guy who was, like, running a ton of stuff for Tennessee when he was in college because he was just, like, you know, the best player on his team. And they put the ball in his hands. And just having that savvy, even if that's not your role in the NBA, I think still uh, gives – coaches the courage to put you in important playoff games so uh yeah love kobe brown who you who are you taking at 15 all right i was really looking at taking kobe there because my team could use a little more sort of size and maturity uh someone who ticks the maturity box if not the size box is jaime jaquez yeah um this might be slightly high to take him, but hell, I've got everyone between 12 and 23 basically in one tier. So uh, was it was it? it you? Was it you who sent him the green room invite? Uh, it could have been me. Yeah. So and this, what is this? Like the 15th pick? I'm going to go ahead and take Jaime Jaquez. Okay. Uh, he, he is just someone who makes plays all over the court. Uh, there's some concerns about his three-point shooting, but, you know, I think everything else he does is so high level that he'll be able to just get by on his effort, his intelligence, his rebounding. Uh, he's a really good scorer from the mid range and out of the post for his size. Um, I think people run into issues when they try to com- compare him to forwards, because I think he's more of a guard forward than a big forward. I see some Austin Reeves in his game with how sort of creative he can be off the bounce as well as his passing. And I think uh, there's a little bit of DiVincenzo to him as well in terms of his scrappiness and his effort. So, yeah, just to be an adult in the room at the very least for the very young team that I have, I think uh, he'll be serviceable. All right. At number 16, I'm taking Marquette Wing, Olivier Maxence Prosper. Omax Prosper, one of the best names we've had in years. And 
Uh, I just love this guy. He didn't create much for himself at Marquette this year, but that's because he's an amazing cutter and he can fit into a, a team dynamic. One of his best offensive moves is literally just like diving to the rim at a 45 degree angle, receiving dump offs, becoming available to big men who are maybe caught in bad spots at the block. Uh, Three-point shooter. I think he shot like 34% this year, but his form is rapidly improving. And despite the fact that Omax Prosper is a junior, he is 20 years old. Like Omax registered a 40 and a half inch vert at the combine. He's 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan uh, and ha- literally has the standing reach of an NBA big. He's a finisher and not a creator, but that's just fine because I have a lot of really capable uh, ball handlers on my team. And I just love Omax Prosper's 3 and D uh, potential. I love how high his floor is. And watch what he did to Jordan Hawkins of UConn this past season. And you can't help but love the guy. This is a 6'8", 230-pound wing, chasing, getting skinny through screens, making Jordan Hawkins probably the best shooter in this draft's life complete hell. Um, so welcome to the team, Omax. We are so excited to sell your jersey. Yeah, uh, love Omax. I see some like Jared Vanderbilt with a more reliable three-point shot from him as well, which if you have that, it's a pretty high-level player. Yeah. Um, speaking of Jordan Hawkins, I'm going to take him. Uh, give a little bit more shooting to my team. We talked about him on a previous episode, but he's got that high-level off-movement shooting, which uh, is such a coveted skill set in the NBA. I think he's the best shooter in the draft. Um, he does have some defensive concerns at his size and weight, but I think the guys I have around him will be able to cover for that. So for that reason, I'll have him and Dick, probably the two best three-point shooters in the draft. Yep, Jordan Hawkins. Someone's getting a professional all-world shooter from Jordan Hawkins. Quick sidebar, every time I had to watch you, I watched UConn, took it Andre Jackson Jr. and Jordan Hawkins, and I kept noticing this like 7-1 or 7-foot-2 guy, Klingon. Donovan yes. Klingon. Uh, we'll be talking about him next year. At number 18, I am going to take Bilal Koulibaly of Mets, uh, Victor Womanyama's teammates. Uh, they lost in the French championship. This is an upside swing. This is a Sam Presti type pick. This is betting on a, a six, eight guy with a, with really long arms who might be the most explosive athlete in the draft. And he played in a really good league this year at 18 years old and was a key contributor, which is just really rare in Europe. He shows shooting flashes, but he'll enter the league as a non-shooter, I think it's fair to say. Just scratching the surface, he knows how to use his athleticism to finish over less physically gifted guys, shows a little bit of playmaking spice, but what will get him minutes early is how his athleticism and effort translates to really strong defense. And so, yeah, let's, let's see how much weight we can put on Bilal in his first NBA summer and get him guarding some, some good wings during the regular season next year. Yep. All right. Uh, with my next pick, I'm going to take someone who knowing you, I could probably get at 30, but uh, I think he has all-star potential with his combination of shooting and size and ball handling. And that is Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine, uh, sophomore 
six, seven, about 200 pounds. He reminds me a lot of Trey Murphy, if just a little bit smaller, but he's got a really pure looking shot for someone his size. One of the prettiest jumpers in the draft, even if his percentages aren't up there with like a Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick. But I think he's got a chance to be the best shooter from the draft if if everything hits well for him based on the way it looks and his size and ability to generate from off the dribble, jab steps, all those sorts of things. Uh, he definitely has some mental questions in terms of turnovers and his decision-making at times and his discipline, but his combination of size, mobility, and shooting, I think gives him a really high ceiling, even if there is some, you know, Cam Reddish potential. So with my team having a lot of options already, I'm going to take him as a home run swing. Yeah, we all have some mental questions. Makes us relatable. Uh, yeah. Uh, at number 20, give me Jairus Walker. Damn. Most people around the NBA seem to think this would be the steal of our draft. <laughs> Neither of us quite sees it, but I, I did let him slide a little bit on my, I mean, I have him at 15. You have him in the twenties. I, I believe in Jairus's ability to, to shoot pretty soon. Uh, I think he has decent touch. I rewatched a little bit of him last night and found that he's, he does finish with strength a little bit more than I remembered. But still, there are way too many soft finishes, floaters, runners for a guy who is uh, 6'8 and jacked with long arms and ostensibly a better athlete than all the guys on the college floor. 3 and D, probably 4 slash 5. And if he doesn't, if he stops talking about how he models his game off Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I think he's going to have a long NBA career. All right. Yeah, I was looking at taking him to add a little bit more beef to my team. But uh, next up, I'll go ahead and take Chris Murray. Uh, Keegan Murray's left-handed twin brother. They look identical. It's very unsettling uh, when you go watch Iowa tape and it looks like it's just a mirrored version of last year's tape. Um, Keegan Murray set the record as a rookie for threes in a season. And I think I like Chris Murray as a shooter more than I liked Keegan coming out of college. Um Keegan, the rest of his game was probably a little bit more well-rounded in terms of his defense, his finishing inside. Uh, also, Chris Murray, they're twins, so he's now coming into this draft. He'll be 23, I think, when the season starts, so age is not on his side. But <laughs> I like his feel. I like his shooting. I think he'll be able to shoot off movement and just generally be a smart player with a pretty high floor, maybe like an Otto Porter type of uh, role player. So, yeah, with that, I will take him. All right. And now I'm going to get my hardcore five rim protector, Derek Lively. You at 22. <laughs> a really, really high level rim protector uh, and shows a little bit of mobility. Like I think there's, he can switch onto certain guys and you're not too upset about it. Uh, apparently Lively's just had an incredible pre-draft process. Like he just has been able to compile enough videos of like him hitting 10 straight corner threes that now uh, I think teams are trying to talk themselves into his long-term shooting potential, but that's not why you take him. You take him because he is an elite shot changer around the rim. So I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that I've got my Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. There's people comparing him to Tyson Chandler. I personally see more um, JaVale McGee. Uh, or perhaps Willie Colley Stein, or if things go well, Mitchell Robinson. I'm not as high on him. Uh, I think his defensive discipline is lacking at times. But who Mitchell? You know. <laughs> but for sure, good value here in uh, a little bit around 20. 
Don't um, don't sleep on Lively's coordination. Like I I actually think he's he's about as athletic as you get at that size and length. Um, that's true. But yeah, all right. Who you got at twenty three? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take, as I have him in my notes, Keynote George, uh, a.k.a. Keontae George. Yep. Um, he's kind of like Jordan Poole reincarnated. You can sort of take that as a good thing or a bad thing, but he's the next in that lineage of sort of microwave scorers in the Jaden Hardy, Anthony Simons, Tyler Hero sort of mold. Um, I don't think the ceiling's that high for size and playmaking and approach reasons, but as a scorer off the bench, I think he can still be a valuable player in the NBA and in the twenties as well worth a flyer. So I'll take him. At 24, I'm taking UCLA's Amari Bailey, my favorite prospect from UCLA this year. I have him above Jaime Jaquez. I I literally have Amari Bailey in a tier of his own and the tier is called my my bold informed bet. Uh, and that's just because I think that Amari Bailey has sneaky wing size. I think he's going to get stronger. He's a pedigree guy. He's been, you know, like a legendary high school player. And low-key shot 39% from three this year on decent volume. And it, it, sometimes I think his feet are pointing in the wrong direction. His shot doesn't always look super clean from three. But he's got awesome body control on mid-range pull-ups. He's a good finisher, super athletic. And yeah, I think high upside and at the very least, he's going to try really hard on defense while his offensive game comes along. All right. Uh, To get another floor general in the building, I'm going to take Brandon Pajemski out of Santa Clara next. Um, I think the pod father, the pod father. I think he's got a lot of Tyus Jones to his game. He's got a really good looking three point shot uh, and he's a good pick and roll orchestrator, perhaps even a great pick and roll orchestrator. Um, major defense uh, concerns about his defense, especially on ball. He's going to be hunted from day one, his size, his length, his burst, his ability to yeah. separate from defenders. But as a floor general, a decision maker, being able to score off of, you know, pull-ups and from the mid range, I like his upside. So there's a chance he becomes like a really reliable starting point guard, but I think he sticks around the league as a backup point guard for a while. Yeah. It's like, what if Jokic was six foot five <laughs> with like a really <laughs> elite jumper from three? <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe you, d- you shouldn't even call it a th- uh, a jumper with Pajemski because he's pretty ground bound. But yeah, if you haven't watched pods highlights, look them up on YouTube. It's, it's a wild experience. Do yourself All a right. favor. Uh, 26, I forgot to think about this pick, but I will be taking Julian Phillips from Tennessee, a guy who I've had as high as the lottery at points in this process, but I came a little bit down to earth with him. Sort of like Koulibaly, this is an upside swing on a really, really athletic wing prospect. Uh, I actually feel better about Julian Phillips' shooting than I do with Koulibaly, uh, Julian Phillips was a great shooter in high school uh, or a solid shooter on the AAU circuit. And I think he got cold early in his freshman year at Tennessee and just stopped shooting threes, but he has the best free throw rate of any prospect in the draft. I think he does a great job of attacking the rim when his jump shot isn't falling. And he was one of the leaders of the best defense in the country this year. And that's rare when you're a freshman six, seven, six, eight wings with six, 11 wingspans who jump 43 inches and, play really hard defense are hard to find. So I'm yeah. happy to get him at 24 or it's 26. Sorry. Yeah. 
All right. For my backup center, I'm going to take Noah Clowney. He's a very athletic, toolsy, big from Alabama, very young, good rim protection, length, um, but very raw overall. Um, has potential to be a decent shooter. I think there's some Chris Boucher sort of signs there. Uh, he also is a little Jared Vanderbilt y, but more geared towards shot blocking. Mm-hmm. and perhaps even a little bit of Nerland's Noel, but I think he's a backup center. He's a good rim protector. He's got a little bit of a nasty streak and might be able to shoot, so I like him there. There goes my small my small ball five, or my stretch five. Uh, God, I'm going to have to stagger Scoot and Ant. This is not looking good. Uh, okay, at 28. Okay, at 28, I'm going to just take a swing on a guy that I literally just started watching last night. Jalen Slauson of Furman. I'm dropping this name now because I kind of can't believe what I what I saw. Three slash four slash five. He has a 6'11 wingspan. Really good athlete. Dunks everything. And if if Anthony Black isn't the best help defender in this draft, just because he's 6'7 with not super long arms, Jalen Slauson is the best help defender in this draft. Like he just covers up every teammate's mistake. He erases everything at the rim that he can get to with his size. Uh, good rebounder, good passer, and burgeoning three-point shooter. But, right. he's, but he's 23 and he's going to be 24 as a rookie. Yeah, I haven't watched him, but I'm curious to see him more. Uh, with my last pick, I'll take someone who I'm not super high on, but was in my solid starters tier, so I might as well take him. And that's Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got... High sort of volume blended with efficiency, scoring potential for a forward, a little bit of uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Tobias Harris, or TJ Warren. Those are my comps for him. But just as someone to take a swing on, he put up a lot of production as a freshman, especially from the mid-range and good numbers from three. So getting him as my 15th man, I feel okay about that. And with my last pick, I am excited to bring in James Naji from Barcelona. Uh, seven feet tall, seven seven wingspan this is this is just physical tools and elite rim protection potential reminds me a little bit of festus azili back in the day at vanderbilt and i think that he has a little bit of switchability uh in him just because he was a late growth spurt guy and moves really well for a guy with that absurd size um and if he if he jumped at the combine he'd probably be going in the top 20. All right. All right. Max has to go back to his day job. This was our 2023 draft fantasy draft. Thank you so much for listening. We love you and we'll be back soon. Peace.